0: So today, I'm nervous, (laughs) but uh, the good news is is I'm not too concerned about that because this is God's time. This isn't my time. And so today, uh, we're going to hear about uh, many trials plus faithful steadfastness equals some Christ-centered joy. Uh, What a wonderful thing to know, um, to know that our joy comes from the Lord. So... I would like to start out today saying that I really appreciate our Pastor Matt and everything that he does for this church, his faithful uh, servanthood to Christ and his discipleship, coming alongside people, pushing me, especially outside of my comfort zone, um, to grow in my walk with uh, Christ. And thank you. <clears throat> so, um, you know, as you all know, my name is Matthew Ott, and I'm a child of God. Uh, I was born when just a baby. <laughs> today, as my wife knows, I'm, I'm just a bigger baby. I got a little bit more experience. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of reasons throughout my life that I shouldn't be here today, right? Um, but God is so gracious that he spared me. There's, there's a lot of times that um, I, I should have uh, been in, in prison or have been in, in the ground um, or just been given over to my sin. Um, and like I found out one time that I'm a sinner, and uh, that may or may not surprise some of you. It definitely surprised me uh, <laughs> because uh, there was a time that I was my own God. Um, you know, I, I, I worshiped myself. You know, what's good for me? right and an idol of self-worship and there's this quote that um i read one time about this uh, idolater and and it said uh there are many differences between uh god and myself but the largest one is god has never thought that he's me and i remember reading that and i'm like i love that you know because it really brought to light you know where i had come from um so I guess I was full of idolatry and turned away from the Lord and um, denying the law that's written on each one of our hearts, you know, from from day one. And so I faced all these trials and tribulations um, alone, um, but prideful, like, hey, I'm going to do all these things on my own. I don't need you, God. Um, but it was this really, really... Uh, joyless and and empty feeling um, where um, I was trudging alone on this uh, path of destruction and I was in love with it um, until I wasn't. And then there was a time that I fell down on my knees and forgive me, some of this stuff uh, brings back some some memories. But I fell down on my knees and I'm just crying out to God, if this is all there is, uh, you can just take me Um, I'm done. And uh, so God has, um, he answers all prayers. Um, Every one of them, every one that we send up and his answers are yes, not yet, and I have something else in mind for you. So God had something else in mind for me and today I can see back uh, through all the trials and tribulations, where God was in my life, like he spared me here i wasn 't arrested here, you know all of these different things uh I was arrested here, or you know faced consequences, you know, not all of you can relate to that, I suppose, but um, you know and and he just placed these things in trials in my life where um it was he was working something out and <clears throat> So, God never left or forsaked me, or forsook me. It was during these times, and I didn't even know it, that I was drawing closer to Christ. And today, we will see through the word of God that we are all gifted with these opportunities to put ourselves second, God first, and become more like Christ with each struggle that we encounter when trusting in his being with us, when he's molding us, using our trials to grow closer to God in preparation of meeting him one day. That's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing to know. So there's a lot of words that God uses in uh, his His written word um, that are truce, You know, will. Uh, you will win. Um, I am. Um, will be. You know, just things like that. Um, you will know knowing. Those are all ways um, that we should really stop on that and and just trust that God is saying something here to us um, that we can just rest in. Like, okay, well, that's what God says, and God knows everything, and I don't. And uh, okay. I know that sounds easy. (laughs) It's definitely not. But let's look at, uh, let's look at James. complete, lacking nothing. So James here is writing to the 12 disbursements of, uh, tw- or the, disbursements of the 12 tribes of Israel. And basically that's just, a, <clears throat> all that means is that uh, these disbursements are groups of cr- Jewish Christian households that are outside of Palestine that are being persecuted um, for their faith in Christ. And <clears throat> so they're in all of these trials and tribulations because of their faith and and we're promised that we're going to face those as well. And um, the point is is that we're, we're prepared for them. And so they, like us, will find joy in these trials uh, through, the, through the trust in Christ and, and uh, becoming more like him. And so let's look at what James is telling them and us here. So in, in James, the first one I want to point out here. Um, past the greeting is James one two, and it says, "Counting it all as joy, my brothers and sisters, if when you meet trials of various kinds." So, <clears throat> the thing that you uh, that is important to understand here is is the Lord's communicating to us through James that we will meet trials. Like He's saying, "When you meet trials, um, <clears throat> so we're going to face those right." Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of self defense training out there. I don't know if anyone's ever uh, been involved in that. You know, some um, whatever, right? Um, active shooter is one that I've been involved in. And um, during that training, they talk about um, when an active shooter comes in, this is what you do, right? Or or AED training. Um, CPR training, when somebody does this. They don't use terms like if because we are ill-prepared if we think that it may or may not happen. We just need to expect that it will happen, right? And that's exactly what's what's being uh, communicated here. And this is so that we are prepared in Christ to act quickly and completely. And so we can rest in this because in Philippians 4.13, it reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, and, and that's just, uh, that's my mother-in-law's favorite verse. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing, you know. Um, I was watching football yesterday and cheering on, you know, football. And uh, I got to thinking, how many times do I do this for, for Christ? You know what I mean? Like, how many times am I cheering for Christ? And uh, you know, today that's that's that time. You know, so go Jesus. <laughs> I just don't have the apparel. <laughs> uh, Jesusshop.com or something. <laughs> um, so um, we must be prepared for these trials. Is the point, and uh, we get our minds right through prayer, right? Um, there was a, a situation uh, that uh, my boy Caleb had over Christmas break. Um, he recently purchased a new car, and, and it had some brake line issues, right? And, uh, and he wanted to get it done right away, so he started working on it on Christmas Eve. Um, and, you know, parts store stuff doesn't open, and um, it ended up going south very quickly. And uh, it was this huge stressful thing that occurred, and so we ended up going to a par store and getting a pizza brake line and after we purchased it thinking it was the right length, the right thread, all these things, right? We were prepared or he was prepared to to do the repair and have it go right. And I said, Hey, um, understand that you need to be prepared that this isn't right, right? That that this <laughs> isn't gonna go well, right? Um, and when when you when it doesn't go well, you'll be like, Okay, well I expected that, right? And that's exactly what, and by the way, it didn't go well, right? <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, that's that's one of those things, right, um, that we're being taught here is is when it doesn't go well, be prepared, and be prepared through prayer and trusting in Jesus Christ. And so there's this term called resting on your laurels, Um I'm in recovery um, and it's it's a secular thing through AA but it says that since we've accomplished something in our past that we can rest on that accomplishment and not try to prepare ourselves moving forward. So it's just, it's this, this notion that um, past successes ensure future successes which is incoherent altogether. And... Um, so if we meet one trial and we call on Jesus and, you know, hey, God pulled me through this, right, um, and say, hey, that's the end of it, um, that's also incoherent, we're going to face many trials in many different forms, right? And um, for me, uh, this, this sermon and um, the preparation for this is, is a mini trial. And don't take that the wrong way because um, I'm willing, right? But uh, Pastor Matt asked me um, if I would do this, and immediately there's this anxiety that wells up inside of me. And my default answer when I feel that way is no, right? Nope. No thanks. Appreciate, Thanks for asking, that type of thing. And so it's in those moments, right, that that I'm weak, right? Because I'm reminded, and, and I use a first-person uh, way of describing things a lot, but they're applicable to us all, right? I don't think I'm alone in a lot of these things. Um, So when you hear me say I, it's not just about me. It's applicable to us all as believers, right? Um, So it's during this time that I was relying on my own understanding. And the enemy saw this. And he saw this as his area of weakness. And he's like, okay, well, remember this time that you did this and it failed? You remember this time that um, you were in front of these people and it didn't go well? Do you remember this time that you said this way... This you said something this way, and it was misunderstood. Do you remember all the times that um, you prayed and God didn't answer on your call um, immediately when you thought he should you know uh and just all of these different things that are just absolute they're crap that's they're lies that the the enemy gives us right, and he attacks us uh when we're weakest and um and we don't need to fear here right there's a that battle's been won, right? Like Satan has been defeated and the only thing that we need to do is say hey, you know what God, I don't know what you're up to, um, but I know that you've won here and in the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan and it, it, Satan must flee, right? there's he must. That battle's been won. So another thing that I want to bring up about trials is uh, um, I know that Pastor Matt's been up here and he talks uh, talked about a couple of times where he didn't want to read the Word of God, right? And um, and, and I think we all kind of go through these ebbs and flows, right? Um, and <clears throat> I'm no different. And I read through the New Testament as a new Christian, which if you haven't done that, absolutely best thing you'll ever do in your life is read the Word of God. Um And read it again. And then the next time is the best thing you ever do. And continue to read it all the time. Um, I promise you, it will not come back void. Um, I digress a little bit. But um, I was reading through Numbers, and if you've read through Numbers, it's a lot of counting. A lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, I'm like, what does this even mean, you know? um, How is this applicable to me? And <clears throat> so God, so my friends, let me tell you something. God speak to us all uh, through his word for different reasons and at different times, right? And there's this, this point in Numbers in, in Numbers 11, and um, I'm going to paraphrase very heavily here because um, this is a whole sermon by itself, but basically um, the Israelites are out wandering through in the wilderness with Moses, and God has given them manna, uh, which is this coriander type—I um, was like wafers made with honey. I think is how it's described. But it came with the dew uh, on the grass to sustain the people. And um, so, it's God's given them provision, right? Um, and <clears throat> the people are unsatisfied with what God has already provided them, and they're like, "Hey, we would rather be in bondage." And in slavery to the Egyptians because at least there we had meat and cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and all of this stuff, right? And uh, and obviously God's not too happy about this, right? Uh, and Moses calms him down, so don't worry, right? And, but uh, there's a C.S. Lewis quote um, that I absolutely love. And it says... Is there a slide for that? And it says to it says here, it says, it seems to me that we often, almost sulkily, reject the good that God offers us because at that moment we expected some other good. And how true is that? You know, so we're, we're in the midst of this trial and God's using it for our good, right? But we expected God to answer our prayer in a way that we understood that made sense to us at the time. But we don't know what God's up to, right? And so it's in those trials to be joyful, be thankful for an opportunity to meet with Christ. And so during this time, Moses is crying out to God, right? Because the Israelites are just on top of him like, it's your fault, all of this stuff like this. And this is the part <clears throat> that God God revealed to me. So in Numbers eleven fifteen, uh, Moses, I can only imagine that Moses is on his knees crying out to God. And it says, <clears throat> If you treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my own wretchedness. <clears throat> and I remembered that time that I was on my knees. Like, if this is all there is, I, I can go now. And, uh, and it's if I had not prayed to God and read through that 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 trial and relied on Christ, like Lord, listen, this is difficult read for me. I need you to help me here, you know. And I got to Numbers eleven fifteen after it seemed like eons, but I got there, and and it was all worth it for this for this verse right there, um, and and and. I'm reading Numbers again right now because I want to, right? Because I know there's something else in there. I know that God told me, read this, you know. There's something else I want you to know here. And so I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens there. And I'm actually enjoying it this time around. <laughs> so, out of this distress, God provided away from Moses to carry this burden. God said to Moses, he said, I'm going to give you these 70 elders, right, to help you carry the burden of these people, right? And I'm going to put my spirit on them, and they're going to help you through this. And that's that's that community of believers right there, right? And so we're to call out to God. The psalmist writes in... Psalm 118, 5-6, they write, Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. So why is this joyous? Why are these trials joyous? Well, there's several reasons. The ones that stuck out most to me, that I felt the Lord wanted me to tell you all, was... This is an opportunity for God to reveal to us why we are to be grateful for the blessings that we currently have. You know, I was told one time if there was anything that I could ever teach my kids is to be grateful what you currently have and they will always be satisfied. And that that provision comes from God, right? So like, it can always be worse. It's an opportunity for us to meet Jesus, to meet with Jesus, Or to meet him if you don't know him. Um, And if you do know him, or even if you don't and you finally meet with him, it's an opportunity to trust in Christ. And one of the coolest things, is it's an opportunity to use the body of Christ, us here at this church, at any church, with any believer to have our faith strengthened by the building of each other up and help carry the burden while we, re, we each rely on the power of Christ through faithful prayer. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We're all here to help one another. There are two commandments that satisfy the law, God tells us. The first is love God, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So the second verse that I really want to point out here in James is James 1 3 so we move on and it and it says for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness so why do we encounter these trials right I think the first thing we talked about is why is this joyful (laughs) But why do we encounter these trials right there's got to be Um, there's got to be a reason that it's just not all sunshine and rainbows for us, right? When we're in Christ Jesus, there's not supposed to be any further trials and tribulations. And that's what I thought at one time, and God showed me that's definitely not the case. Um, So we are not of this world, is really what it's about. That's why we encounter these trials, right? And so the ruler of this world, which is Satan, the evil one, he... He wants to make it easy for us to fall away from our confidence and faith. Right? In uh, in Genesis, when they're not supposed to eat from the, the tree of life, um, the serpent, or Satan, uh, says, when, um, when he's talking to Eve, he says, and she's like, oh, I'm not supposed to eat from this tree. And uh, he says, did God really say that? You know? And... Uh, <clears throat> reading through this and, and thinking about my trials and, and where God's promised me he's going to carry me through. Uh, Satan's saying the same thing to me, and I'm assuming that he says it to everyone here. So we must continually have this faith tested so we may be confident that no matter what happens, God's going to carry us through. Because we're prepared in Christ. In Christ Jesus, that's where all that power lies. And we're, we're fellow heirs of this kingdom, right? We're children of God, right? That power belongs to God, but it is available to us to call on in the name of Jesus Christ, right? And it's just a straight conduit. Like Jesus um, Jesus is the link between us and the Father, right? And we don't need to pray to anyone else. You know, we pray to Jesus, and, and he interprets all of that to the Lord for us. Um, so, we need to know that God's ways aren't our ways. Right? We talked about that a little bit. And to trust in the Lord. So Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So we're supposed to, to rest in that trust that we have with God. And um, that that rest, um, that rest, that surrendering to God's will, um, for me, it was this pride. Like, you know what, God, you can take care of all of these things over here, but these few things, these are mine, right? And the, these are the things that I have control of, right? And it's this, this, this way that um, I'm taking glory from God. I'm... I'm taking glory from God and I'm again worshiping myself you know and so we're called to 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 trust everything with God to take all of those things and give them over to God like you can have it all I don't want any of it right and that surrender right uh, surrender has this I think the world for me um, says things about surrendering as a negative connotation to, to like that's giving up Right, and and I suppose in some ways it is, but it's giving it up to God, you know, because relying on our own understanding is going to produce nothing but failure, um, and that's the way it's designed. To say why did I fail here? Well, did I trust in the Lord? No, I didn't. Okay, well that makes sense to me, and so this rest this brings peace. And this peace brings joy. So listen to what we're taught here in 1 Peter 5. So First Peter 5, 8 through 10 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. And here's that that true thing, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you, there's that has, called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We are commanded to be steadfast in our faith, and we are not alone in our sufferings. All believers are tested. All of us are tested. Um, I'm not a special case. You know, there was a time that I thought, nobody knows what I'm going through. You know, <laughs> nobody can help me. Uh, and that's not true at all. Uh, that's not true. The the same, it's all relative. What you're going through, the worst thing in, the, your, in your life feels exactly the same to you as the worst thing in my life. Even though somebody outside might be looking at those two things and say, this one's worse than this one. And that's not the case. It's relative relative to you as an individual and that power is not relative to you as an individual that power is available to everyone on an equal level the 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 ground at the foot of the cross is level ground for each of us to approach so like i said before the body of christ is there to help lift each other up we are saved by grace through faith but we are healed We are healed through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with other believers. That's how we're healed is through this fellowship. I thank God always for this church, for the encouragement, for the love, for the relatability um, that this community of believers provides me. Um, It's so funny to me how many times I've been told that what i've said helped somebody and it's the other way around for me like what i said to you helped me like you helped me it's it's mutual thing right <clears throat> so this promise in 1st peter 5 is a is a wonderful promise that evokes a peace of mind that is unmatched and my friends i want you to listen to this again So in 1 Peter 5.10, it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, and strengthen, and establish you. So what is this steadfastness? What does it actually mean? Well, the King James Version of the word uh, listed as patience. And I want to say something about patience. Notice the different context here. Um, but patience is uh, something that there was a time where God laid it on my heart to pray for patience and my wife's like, no. (laughs) And, uh, but somebody, you know, like God's like, do this anyway, right? And, uh, I usually listen to what my wife says and, (laughs) but I remember I was on a four day a stretch of work working third shift at a meat packing plant that I absolutely loathed and I remember being in the parking lot after my shift praying for patience and uh, I left that parking lot and I went like a quarter mile down the road and there was a train and I waited for this train and it wasn't just a train that went you know all the way by it was a train that was doing this you know, loading and unloading cars for like 45 minutes, and it was, and it was my my lesson in patience. And I remember so vividly thinking, ah, you know, and this fleshly part of me was trying to come out uh, to say a lot of things that I can't say now. <laughs> I'm sure you can use your imagination, but it was funny because God, right at that moment, I was like, "This is your test. This is this is what you've prayed for." And I remember thanks that's wonderful you know and i no longer prayed for patience after that <laughs> but it was a wonderful test and the and the reward was so great you know because it was difficult you know the right thing isn't usually the easy or the the easiest thing so the oxford dictionary says that it's uh the quality of being resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering um, and I, I just like like that part of it. And that new international version, which is the version that I grew up on, is perseverance. Um, just wonderful ways of of uh, putting the framework behind this, around this steadfastness. And so, why is this steadfastness good then? And so, it is good that we may know that we may persevere, relying on Christ alone, resting in that power. Does this mean that we need not do anything? And I love this. Uh, you know, Paul says, by no means. <laughs> by no means. Uh, we are given a command that we must meet God where He is with prayer and resisting the evil one. So even a bit further in James, in uh, James 4, uh, verse 7, we see, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. This is a two-part commandment. It says, submit to God, and then our part is resist the devil, the evil one, right? Um, And I want you to just remember that. So this steadfastness is a term that's attributed to God's love for us. This unwavering, this unconditional, never-ending, regardless of who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you're going to do, God loves you, period. End of story. So uh, this, is the, the, this is the good news, or it, the good news is uh, the good news of the gospel. The gospel simply put, um, I, heard this, uh, I heard this, and I, I just loved it, that the good news about the gospel is that God will, will continually pursue us with his steadfast love, no matter what, no matter when, unwavering, always and forever, there is nothing that we can do that will make God love us any more, and there is nothing that we can do that will make God love us any less. So, what's your prayer consist of when you know that you're going to face these trials? Uh, is it is it is it this thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many times where I've just close my eyes because I've been thinking about one of my kids and their spiritual walk with the Lord and like just all of these like made up scenarios in my head that haven't um, materialized, probably won't materialize. You know, I just get myself worked up in a frenzy. And then I close my eyes and I worry and I call it prayer. Let me tell you something, friends. That's not prayer. That's worry. That's worry. We are to pray knowing that we need not worry that God has it. Jesus himself says in John 16:33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we need to focus on what is eternal rather than temporary. The world is passing away. A uh, question that I like to ask myself is, will this choice that I'm about to make bring me closer to God or further from God? And this is kind of the, that uh, check and balance for me to know whether what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do is what God's will is. So the last verse in James that we're going to talk about today is in James 1.4, and it reads, And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So how are we perfect? Well, it's news for you. We're not. <laughs> God has promised peace for us through Jesus Christ regardless of what we're going through. We are completed and perfect while are in Christ Jesus because of his atonement for our sins. It's because he laid down his life when he was not guilty and we were. He satisfied the wrath of God for us. So what is our benefit from counting it all as joy? So, I've often wondered, how can I be content with these trials, right? Um, and it's this promise of peace that of knowing that God is with us, allowing us to endure, right? Being blessed by obedience to God through our submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it, somebody uh, had said to me that they... they uh, am I are you a Christian? And uh, he's, he's actually... One of my best friends, he discipled me for a long time when, when I didn't think anybody loved me, and um, he said, "I like to think about my faith as, like he, like I just said, being, being obedient to God through my submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and trusting in His plan um, for our lives being good." Um, Romans eight twenty eight. This is a lot of folks' favorite verse. Uh, it's a really great one, and it says here. And remember, this is this is for this is for people that are in Christ Jesus. Okay, this is who this is for. Um, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. So if you're if you're if you if you do not know Jesus, and you're praying to God. And you've been told this scripture and it doesn't seem like that's being the case. It may be because you're not in Christ. So, we are blessed, right? Further in James um, 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Uh, we are uh <clears throat> so the other benefit of counting as all joy is that we're in, enduring right and um, John again in John 1633 jesus says I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart I had I have overcome the world I don't know if Supposed to turn off the mic at that point, point when I take a drink or not, but <clears throat> at least I'm not smacking my gum. <laughs> um, so then the other part of this joy is this this nearness of God, right? Uh, this nearness of God. Um, Psalm 34 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Um, and I remember there was a time where It was really tough for me, and um, I remember I'd be listening to to Life 101.9 on my way to work, and I'd be hearing uh, these worship songs, and um, there was a single point on the road where like, it was just like, okay, well, this is the point of this drive that I just can't stop crying until I get to work, and <clears throat> it, my entire body pulsated, and it felt like adrenaline, and I am certain that it's the nearness of God that makes me have that. All of the other times that God has been so near to me, I cannot do anything but weep. I cannot stop it, Um, even up here. Uh, So I have this theory about tears. (laughs) And so in my experience... I can't stop crying if God's near to me. But in the times where I've had pain or been hurt, I also cry. And I wonder if it isn't the isn't the pain that makes me cry, but it is the nearness of God in those moments. It's the nearness of God that makes me weep because he's there while I'm broken. So Jesus invites us to have peace in him. This is this is an invitation. This is this other piece of joy. You know, in Matthew 11, 29, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. How many times have we said, I can't do this anymore. You know, like, I, I can't look forward to tomorrow. That's another day. I guess that I'll be up and alive and make it through it. And, uh, and Jesus is saying, you know, just all of that burden, just give it to me and, and, you know, just rest in me. And and we are enduring through Christ, Christ alone. That's how we endure. There's a lot of uh, folks that talk about God but fail to mention the real power of Jesus Christ. That's what sets us apart, right? He is the key. First Corinthians says, 10 through... 1 Corinthians 10-13 through 13 reads, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may endure it. So why is this important to us as a community of believers? Again, we're saved by grace through faith, but we're healed through the body of Christ. If you want a piece of scripture to note here about the the importance of this corporate worship about being plugged into your church, about being plugged into a community of believers, and it could be any church, and really doesn't matter to me, any church that you belong to, to being plugged into that. This is Second Corinthians one, three through seven. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And that's what this community of believers is called to do, is when somebody is hurting, that we come alongside them, and we share how Christ brought us through our sufferings. And they may not be matched up, and like I said before, somebody might be looking out, or looking in from outside and say, "Oh, this is worse than this one," and that's just that's a relative. Those hurts are relative to the individual. They feel exactly the same, and that power is exactly the same for us all. <clears throat> and so, should we be worried about these trials? No way. We should be thanking the Lord for these opportunities to draw closer to Him. Um, in <clears throat> Philippians 4 through 4, 6 through 7, um, and this is that part about. Closing your eyes and worrying. And this is... Uh, right now, these are the favorite verses for me. And it reads, Do not be anxious about anything, or do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So there's that that gratefulness, being content. Let your request to be known to God. So pray about everything. That's what he's saying. Pray about everything. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God, Christ Jesus, is our protector and has us. So here's this part where everyone's real excited because I'm going to say in closing. (laughs) And then there's this also part where this closing has a couple other things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for teaching me that, Matt. <laughs> uh, so so basically, all this means, right, is, is in, in this James uh, 2 through 4, is we're seeing a chain link of, of sorts of what God is saying to us and teaching us. And he's saying these things. He's saying we must face trials. Trials test our faith. Faith being tested leads to steadfastness in Christ. Christ alone leads to joy, and joy leads to needing nothing further apart from Christ. Right? There is nothing ever that will bring you more joy or more satisfaction and longer lasting than Jesus Christ's salvation for you and what he's done for you when we don't deserve it. So we see another one uh, similarly in Second uh, in Peter 1 through 11. And so it reads, uh, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises. So that, I love that, so that, all this, So you can do this. Through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. That's the evil that we are. The sinful desire, the self-pleasing part, we're like, me, me, me. You know, do, re, me, me. I hold that note for a long time probably. Uh, And here's the chain link part. And he, he says here, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection and love. And then again in Romans 3-5, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings rejoice three different point of views that are bringing together this idea knowing that suffering produces endurance endurance produces character and character hope and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us so we must have each one to gain the next it's a chain link without one of those links the rest of it's broken so we are so what does this all mean right how did how is this all applicable what is God what's the plain text of what God's saying to us you know we are to be joyful regardless of the struggles we are to be thankful that we're provided a way through it the Bible the bible teaches us that way through it it's a manual to life. That's basically what it is. Like, I don't know how to do life. Well, I'll read what God says. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, so, we are to have steadfast faith, similar to God's steadfast love for us. We are to comfort those with the same sufferings that Christ has helped us through, to provide a hope through our experience. We are to have a peace through the nearness of God. We are to boast in the power of Christ as God's power is made perfect in our weakness. For when we are weak, then we are strong. We are to trust in God's promises and we are to cry out to God and lean into the power that is ours to be claimed as fellow heirs to the kingdom of God. It shouldn't be a question if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if that power is of God is available to you. It is yours to claim, right? To defeat the spiritual battle, which is Satan. Satan's telling you that you're not good enough. Satan's telling you to not measure up. Satan's telling you that you will fail. These are lies, period. They're lies. So, ultimately, this is what God's perspective of a testimony for us might be. As we faced our trials, through our faith in Jesus, we persevered. And as a result, we need nothing else. We're prepared a bit more for our meeting of him. And so our progressive sanctification is advancing forward. And and that's really just a fancy, fancy way of saying that we are becoming more like him each trial, each day, each moment, never ceasing to be pursuing the perfection of Christ, knowing that we cannot... Attain that perfection. This perfection belongs to Christ alone. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. So, we're at the end. <laughs> so, uh, we are going to share in communion um, as a as a church together, um, and. If you are in Christ Jesus, we have two stations in the back. We have two stations up front and uh, gluten free over here, if that's you, um, to partake in the remembrance of what Jesus has done for us his blood given and his body broken. If you are not in Christ Jesus, perhaps take this time to pray, to ask God to be your Lord and Savior. Lord God, thank you for being up here and delivering your message to these people.